to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm peaches i'm sack still and i'm czar we have a really big fun episode to talk about today but of course let's begin with a little bit of banter and news zach i heard you just picked up the oled switch Hold let's on. talk about let's it back what this do you up think a little bit all right so we're starting a family plan and i'm in charge as executive Vice Producer Master Lord Commander. I don't know who gave him that title. I hereby ban that everyone in our family on their Switch consoles can no longer play SnowRunner. All those who agree, say aye. Aye! Aye. Aye. I feel like that's really specific and directed towards specific people in this group. I, I heard an aye from all of us. I, JP said aye as well. You know what? Hey, I agree with you. This game should not <laughs> exist. This game is an abomination on everything gaming. I agree with you. <laughs> good. Oh, that's good and, stuff. And so I got I got a Switch. I got Metroid Dread. I'm living in bless. In bliss. Bliss. Blessed too, I guess. Blessed. So, Zach, we need complete honesty in this moment from you. Do you think that it's worth the upgrade to the OLED model? If you haven't gotten a Switch, you should get the OLED. If you have a Switch Lite, you should sell your Switch Lite and get the OLED. If you already have a Switch and you only play handheld, maybe get the OLED. Okay. And then if you already had a Switch and you never take it out, unless you're worried about your aesthetic, you should probably just stay with your OG Switch. Because I'm always worried about my aesthetic. Well, then, so you should probably get one. Because I'm sitting Good. here with my white Xbox, my white PS5, and now my white Switch. And I'm like, nice. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it is it is a Switch with a better kickstand. The screen does look a lot better, but that only applies in handheld mode. And when I say a lot better, just the color contrast is like there. Like I'm pretty uh, stoopy when it comes to that stuff, and I can tell the difference. Um other than that, man, it's just a Switch. You get like 32 more gigabytes of memory, which is like an SD card. So, I mean, that's good. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's no Switch Pro. Well, now, see, now here's the news, JP. Apparently, in the docks, they've installed the smallest little bit of DLSS technology. So the dream's alive, man. Is it likely? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey. We know that Nintendo doesn't completely ignore their fans, as evidenced from some of the news that we've gotten recently, but we'll get into that. So, before we move on into itinerary, I think we need to make a little bit of an apology for last week, too. We uh, thought we were going to have an episode. Uh, External circumstances did not allow it. Yeah, someone kidnapped one of our hosts. They did? We will find them 
and we will end them. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make a note of we're going to release Saturday's episode from last week, this week, and we got forced to take uh, an unforeseen break. But everything is going to be back to normal soon. Well, actually, we didn't actually break those the things. Like, now it's like, I'm overworked, so we should take another break. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, roll credits. I get a drink after this, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, here's the good news about that. The segment for this week is a Kingdom Hearts edition of Music Mayhem with Travis uh, from Rainbow Road. So at least it's pertinent to what's going on. Speaking of which, Czar, how would you like to do itinerary for today? I can sure do our itinerary. Today on the podcast, we are talking about some sad news. The last Sakurai presents and the last character for Smash. It is sad, but it is very, very hype. After that, we'll be talking about some Twitch streamers making money. And Konami is coming out of the woodworks with some neat ideas. Got a bunch of quick takes, and then we will wrap up with some game releases. Everybody shut up, because it's time to get into article number one. And I don't even know where to start. Zach, how do we start this off? So remember how I was disappointed with the last Nintendo Direct? Yeah. I thought you said it was okay, but go on. It was on. okay. It was so, But like for a Nintendo enthusiast like myself, that's pretty much disappointed. Let's be real. If this would have been in the Nintendo Direct, this would have taken over everything. So I'm glad that they separated it. So if you didn't know, uh, the last 40 minute Sakurai Direct was here and they started off with, um, they gave the me characters first. They mm-hmm. said, this is going to be our last thing. And they, they pretty much did everything they could to stall until they got too. Oh, oh, he said the thing too quick. <laughs> JP, when you walk away, we're watching fire <laughs> all around, just like the opening cutscene. There's a big fiery smash ball in the center that everyone's staring at. Everyone's about to die, and then Mario comes back to life with a fire, and he grabs the fire and he throws it in the air, and then the most expensive yeah. frame of all time: <laughs> <laughs> the Mickey Mouse ears. On a keyblade. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be thirty-two thousand dollars, please. <laughs> that one keychain cost more than any DLC character combined implemented. Oh yeah, that was an expensive trailer, boys. <laughs> um, Jesus, I I am I cannot think of a. Yeah, and usually with Smash, like I was prepared for the worst. I was ready for like a uh, Byleth two maybe Waluigi. <laughs> But they went out and they done did it. They got your boy. And if you look at it, Nintendo has a better PlayStation All-Stars than PlayStation All-Stars. All right, you got Cloud. You got Sora. You got, uh, shit. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me go back to the, the, the roster because it's pretty good. You Ryu's got the Dragon there. Quest rep. You got Joker. Uh, hold on. Ryu looking up. from Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Tekken. Tekken's, Tekken's their thing too, I think. Right. Yeah, Tekken's PlayStation. And so, yeah, I mean, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Um, I had to burn PlayStation in that. JP, how'd you feel? How'd you feel, buddy? You stop talking because it's time for me. So, anytime we've talked about Smash, it's Zach's baby. However, the last character that we got was Sora from the Kingdom Hearts series. Yes! 
It's weird, because I'm still almost in disbelief. I've watched the trailer itself about, no joke, about 20 times, but then I've watched, like, compilation of Twitch streamers' reactions while watching the trailer about 20 times, and I've also, just for the fun of it, watched people who were really disappointed with Sora getting into Smash. I've watched those videos, like, 20 times, because I love the salt in their tears. Oh, it fills my soul with so much happiness. I can't believe Sora is actually here. And I can't believe that I actually called a lot of what his moveset was going to look like if he was included in Smash. Like, I called that, like, he would have, like, alternating, like, ice, fire, and thunder abilities. I called that maybe there'd be, like, a physical move in his moveset. I called a lot. I mean, a physical move is a punch, JP, so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me have this. You All know right, what? Yeah. I think if they ever add another Smash character, I think he will also have a physical move. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lick my ass. <laughs> Seriously, I am so unbelievably excited. And. After the announcement that Sora was getting into Smash, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, like, it's just, like, the perfect ending, in my opinion. Not just for me personally, because there was a lot of symbolism in this trailer that got to me, right? My favorite was when um, Sora first started coming through the keyhole, and Link, my uh, old main, looked back at Sora, my new main... <laughs> And it's kind of like that meme of that guy with his girlfriend who looks back at the other girl and makes that face, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Literally exactly like that. So much symbolism in that trailer for that. Yeah, because they've joked about Sakurai quitting for a while now. Like, like every every Smash game, this guy puts his all into it. Um, and no offense, but if you compare Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, different budgets, I see that. Um, <laughs> different budgets. But there is a clear difference in detail between these two games um as you would expect i mean first off first one's the first one this one's the fourth one uh, so sakurai's had a lot of practice but mm -hmm. my point being that like this is one of the most polished games of all time i really honestly this is one of the best purchases you can make as a video gamer because it is a video game love letter and um yeah jp i was with you like when the the final frame or final scene of like sora and mario shaking hands i was like chef's kiss they orchestrated that perfectly. Yeah, they really did. It was absolutely perfect. I feel like this is the perfect ending for me for like Smash because like pretty much everybody else here has gotten what they wanted to some degree besides Peaches, but Peaches is never happy. You know, because Zar got Banjo and it's like Zar felt like, okay, I can't ask for anything more from Nintendo with Smash. Truth. You got Pyra and Mithra, Zach, so you were kind of like, you know what? I'm happy, but I still feel like I had that void, right? Like, you know, obviously Link, who is my current main, has been with the game since the very beginning. But I've been using Link for as long as I've been playing Smash, and I was ready for something new, something exciting and something to fill that void, and Sora absolutely accomplishes that. I just, I'm so unbelievably happy. I don't know how else to coordinate these feelings. It's just Un, just sheer unbridled joy. That's how I that felt. Sora is here in March when they announced Pyra and Mithra. I just want—I want that to be clear. 
And to really put this in perspective, how many years of a project was this? Because Sakurai said something about like from the start of Ultimate, you could go through like middle school to high school, or was that just high school? Um, what did he say? But yeah, like the the planning stage was like elementary school to high school, and then just this game was just the development of this game, like everyone knowing about it was three years, yeah. Yeah, I, this was a huge project. Great way to put it to bed. Absolutely. Um, and so there's two more things I want to talk about this. Well, I'll think probably three more things. Um, so Sora is in Smash. That's hype. But also uh, music from Kingdom Hearts is in Smash, which, oh my God, guys. Yeah, that's a big fucking deal. I, I don't know a game franchise that has better music than Kingdom Hearts. I genuinely mean that. One of those songs had wasn't even edited, too. It was just directly imported into Smash, which is a pretty big deal because they remix all of those songs. It's true, and I feel like that was a stipulation that Disney had to give for this to happen at all, right? Because people have pointed out another thing that we called was like the stage, right? Where we were like that gla- like that stained glass, like black void thing that you start every Kingdom Hearts game off with would be a great stage. Well, they did that, but people have pointed out that, you know, anything Disney related has been removed from those, right? Like Donald and Goofy used to occupy a little circle of like the main stage. Those have been replaced, but Kyrie and Riku are still there. Yeah. Fuck, they said, they said uh, Maleficent's castle. And I was like, oh, can they do that? <laughs> right? I, I, yeah. Can, well, can, can they do that? How much, was that sentence? How much did that cost? Hollow Bastion uh, is technically in Final Fantasy. That used to be Radiant Gardens. You are right. So anyway, I was super excited for this. Um, that stage, just I think it does a good job of being most of Kingdom Hearts, like without being a big uh, giant fucking paycheck to Disney. Um, and so the next thing I want to talk about would oh, we talk about the music? We talk about that Kingdom Hearts is coming to the Switch, guys. How do you guys feel about that? That is super I mean, hype. I love that. It's ironic that as much as I love Kingdom Hearts, I mean, I'm glad that it's coming to the switch and it justifies a lot of like the things happening with Sora coming to smash but kingdom hearts is also one of the ga- those games where like i don't see a lot of cross-section between people who like haven't played kingdom hearts yet and only own a switch i guess who've been really really wanting to play it but at the same time like most of the people i've seen who are super excited about that are people who have played kingdom hearts to death and now are excited to do it while pooping so <laughs> amen Amen, amen to that. All right, so um, but you, so you saw it's only the cloud version too, right? Like that's what I'm kind of bummed yes. about. Yes. Otherwise, I would totally buy this a second time. And what's ironic about that is, like, people have been saying, "Oh, I can't wait to take Kingdom Hearts on the go," but you know, it's going to be a cloud, one of Nintendo's cloud things. So it's like, oh, well, that's fine because Nintendo's new OLED model has the built-in land support within the dock, well, then you can't really take it on the go. Yeah. So, I just feel like it wasn't that well thought out. Yeah, they say it's something to do with the source code, like, because it's like they lost some of it for the PS3 or whatever. Mm. But I'm saying they're like, this thing used to run on a PS3. You're telling me it can't run on a Switch. So, I guess that was just Square Enix has too many projects right now and they couldn't be bothered. To make tons of money off of easy port, but who am I to salt? Who am I? 
So obviously Zach and I are super excited about this, but we need some more unbiased opinions here. So let's start with Zar and then we'll go to Peaches. Zar, how do you feel about Sora's inclusion in Smash and everything going on in general with Smash? And JP, make sure you keep your knife by their throats, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've already got snipers on the roof. Oh. So Zar, what's your opinion? I, I think it's about time Sora got into Smash. I mean... Sora just kind of seems like he's built for Smash, doesn't he? Like, he's always been there. Mm -hmm. um, even if that isn't the case, there are a couple things I did want to touch on with Sora. Um, this, with this physical moves? You really physical <laughs> yeah, moves? he's got physical yeah, moves. Those physical, he's got physical moves. <laughs> Shut up, guys. <laughs> um, the first being that Mr. Sakurai said he was really proud of Sora's costumes. And while they're really cool, how it's like the first game, the second game, the third game, then you got like the uh, timeless river in there. Wrong, wrong. First game, second game, dream drop distance, then the third game. Yes, Proceed. that's right. Yeah. And then you have his alt forms for like wisdom, valor, and all that such. I was expecting a little more creativity with that. Because most of those Sora outfits do look very, very similar. And like when they were showcasing all of Sora's standing on the stage together, it was a little bit difficult to distinguish which was which. Um, the uh, other fair. thing I wanted to briefly touch on was the Disney representation and how we had said that it was almost all but completely scrubbed from the game. Um I've seen a lot of hate for that and a lot of just bad takes all over the internet of people who are pissed that there's not even like a hat tip to Donald and Goofy or anything like that. But we knew that. Like we knew Disney was not going to allow that because that would expand the game way too much. Yeah, we're lucky that we got Sora at all. Yeah, and I mean, even just seeing that Mickey... Uh, charm on the end of the keyblade like that costs serious coin and that is the only <laughs> Disney representation so get over it we have Sora enough is enough I will be and surprised honest, if the yeah. Mickey like keep, you can actually see the Mickey symbol in like the uh, actual fighting pose of like Sora yeah I don't yeah I mean the only to anyone like you said, Zar, who's kind of like, oh, where's Donald and Goofy? It's like, shut the fuck up. We're lucky that we got this to be. And because like those things aren't important. The only thing that would have upset me was if they did have to change the charm on Sora's Keyblade to something that's not Mickey Mouse's head. But even if they did have to change that, I wouldn't be that upset. But to me, it's like icing on the cake that Nintendo was willing to dish out a little bit extra coin, not a little bit, a lot of extra coin, to, just for that charm. And because it made the trailer that much more special, when, like, the first thing you saw was that charm on the Keyblade, and you immediately knew, holy shit, Sora's in Smash. Oh yeah, you knew it was up as soon as you saw that fire get extinguished. Um, and I really like how it was the sun setting with the, you know, it started out with the inkling seeing the Smash Ultimate logo, and that is right. exactly how it ended, was that Smash Ultimate logo burned out for the last time. It was so, beautiful. It was. It was incredible. Now, 
I wanted to save Peach's opinion for last because I would not be surprised if he had a weird contrarian opinion about this thing that he barely even cares about to begin with. So, Peaches, what do you think of Sora being in Smash? All right, let's let's get into this. Um, I would like oh, everyone God. to hold their tongues until I give you until I, I point to you that. and tell you it's to slippery. talk. I, <laughs> I only <laughs> promise to try. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the latest anime sword fighter that has been added to <laughs> Super oh Smash God, Brothers. Wow, so oh, this <laughs> argument. This bitch. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. I promised. All right. Give us what you got. All right. In all reality, I think Sora is a perfect fit for Super Smash Bros. I actually do think that it he should have been added way, way sooner. Because honestly, the problem with his like being added into Smash is the timing. Like, I think adding him last while epic because it's what fans have asked for for a long time he is like now going to be just down the list of anime sword fighters which I don't think is the it doesn't doesn't feel right for him but it is that's what he's going to be um, and also where's my Waluigi man like I, I understand right? Oh, right. I understand why Waluigi isn't in Smash, but I think ending with Waluigi would have been so much better, and like having Sora added way earlier on like he should have been. I think having it like that would have been a way better way to which, do it. Uh, which DLC character would you have gotten rid of? Um, Honestly, I don't Terry. even know all of them, because again, Smash has like a million people. Terry. Piranha Plant. Actually, yeah, Piranha Plant. That would That would have been a great one to get rid of. Oh, Piranha Plant has the charm. Why does Piranha Plant have to be there? Because it's got charm. Charm? And a big smile. (laughs) Now, I will defend you, Peaches, to a really expanded degree you might have a point. I think that just broadly labeling this as anime swords fighter isn't doing any of the people in the game who is an anime swords fighter it's not doing them justice because to me what's more important about smash is gaming wait, representation wait a second is mithra and pyro an anime swords fighter fuck yeah they are huh sora's not a sword fighter he's a key fighter it's a key because you can't have a sword in a disney game because it'd be too violent riku has a sword also it's literally called a key blade like But like I said, that's too broad. What's more important to me is game representation. When new characters like from the Fire Emblem series kept coming into Smash, I wasn't upset because anime Swords Fighter. I was upset because how much of representation from this game do we need? You know, I don't know exactly. Like, let's say some sword fighter from like Astral Chain or something. I don't even know if they have swords, but if they came in, I'd be more okay with that because we don't have that game's representation yet. More than I'd be upset about anime swords fighter. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And I'm all for getting rid of Corrin and putting in Astral Chain. I would love that, especially Actually, since... not Corrin. Hold on. Let's get rid of Lucina. Lucina. <laughs> let's do Lucina. Because Lucina is just Marth. But then I guess we have to get rid of Marth, don't we? Okay, so let's get rid of Roy. 
<laughs> in other news, fuck Roy. All my homies hate <laughs> Roy is I not my Roy. boy. Roy is not my real Roy. Not my Roy. I have not given up on Waluigi. I think Shut the fuck Waluigi up. Do is going to shadow drop into Don't Smash give me hope. just Don't do randomly. This. Um, I can can tell you right now that there's almost 0% chance that happens because apparently Sakurai does not like Waluigi because he comes from like a third party developer and not from Nintendo itself. That's true. That is actually true. I don't think it has anything to do with Sakurai. I think Nintendo picks everything. And Sakurai is like, yes, master. I feel like Sakurai has a lot more say in what goes into Smash than we're 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 giving him credit for right now. Yes, he is the director. I agree, but I feel like the DLC. He's even like on record. I mean, like he's still the director, but he's like Nintendo chose everybody. So shut up. Leave me alone, please. Here's my unpopular opinion about the whole. Like, can we hold, hold, can we just talk about the gones of saying like blame my boss? That's what he said right there. Literally, just what he said publicly on Twitter. Yeah. All right. I, Thanks, JP. <laughs> well, I mean, because Sakurai is just the golden boy for Nintendo, right? Like. We always complain about shit Nintendo does, but Sakurai's in a position where he can do no wrong, because even if he does put out, a, like, all the times he's put out a character that not everyone's particularly fond of, he just basically says, go fuck yourself. And I gotta admit, I respect that. You know, that it's like, this is my game, here's who I'm putting in, and I know you're gonna buy this shit regardless, so shut the fuck up. And he's like, you know what? He's right. He's right, Sakurai. All right, that is all I have to say about this. I can't believe it. I'm still in shock. I am just so unbelievably thrilled that Sora's going to be here. I immediately know he's going to be my new main. Just another great character for me to use. And honestly, he looks like he's going to be pretty fucking good, too. And hey. Like, not just a novelty. Like, his moves look really good. The Game T called this. We worked our way to this prediction, and we were right. You probably heard me, honestly. It was probably all me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I better, it wasn't I better the include pole. a physical move for this guy. He better have physical moves. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but think of Mega Man. Does he have physical moves? His, his normal A is just a little blaster. He can still punch. I'll punch you. <laughs> <laughs> These hands are rated E for everyone's arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's not K.A., Right, so that was the episode, right? We're done. Is anything else happening this week? Listen, I could keep talking about this for a long time. I mean, we talked about it for half an hour. <laughs> Peaches, what are we talking about next? All right, next we're talking about Twitch source code and creator payouts, um, part of a massive leak. So, just a real quick summary for anybody who hadn't heard um, before I get into the article. Um, Twitch had a uh, data breach and a bunch of the info on sh- like what streamers have earned from 2019 to 2021 uh, has come out. It's caused a bit of an uproar, but let's get into the article. My passwords from Mr. Tom Warren. Thanks, Tom. Twitch appears to have been hacked, leaking source code for the company's streaming service, an unreleased Steam competitor from Amazon Game Studio and details of creator payouts. An anonymous poster on the 4chan messaging board has released a, a 125 gigabyte torrent, which they claim includes the entirety of Twitch and its its uh, commit history. 
The poster claims the leak is designed to foster more disruption and competition in the online video streaming space. The Verge is also able to confirm that the leak is legitimate and includes code that is as recent as this week. Video Games Chronicle first reported details on the leak earlier today, which today for them was October 6th. Twitch confirmed it had suffered a data breach, and the company says it is working with urgency to understand the extent of this. The leak includes three years' worth of details regarding creator payouts on Twitch, the entirety of Twitch.tv with uh, commit history going back to its early beginnings, source code for the mobile, desktop, and video game console Twitch clients, code related to proprietary SDKs and internal AWS services used by Twitch. I did not know they were going to use acronyms, so I didn't know what they stood for in this article. My bad. Um, uh, SDK is uh, Serial Database uh, uh, Knowledge. <laughs> That's pretty much the uh, main thesis of the article. But the thing that people are really upset about in all this is that uh, the Twitch streamers are making lots of money. Shocker. And not all Twitch streamers, because I don't know if you guys went to Twitter and looked at the trending page when this happened. But Hassan Abi or Hassan Piker was trending with like 30-some thousand tweets. And the uh, Twitch leak was trending with 3,000 tweets. So there's a bit of a discrepancy there on what people were talking about. I don't know if we want to get into politics too much, because I could go on it for a while. Well, you know, Twitch is the biggest platform to watch uh, streaming video games, uh, but it's also become home for a lot of other content, like just chatting, ASMR, and other stuff. But... People were just very upset to see some streamers who do not advocate highly for pro-capitalist beliefs making lots of money. I can feel the eggshells you're jumping over. You're doing great, baby. I'm going to say that that's dumb, but I'm going to steer right away from the politics in this and just say uh, anybody that cares that these streamers are making this much money has to be the loneliest dweeb I've ever met. Okay, I now mean, see, you were like jumping over the eggshells and then you just went and backflipped <laughs> on top of all of them. <laughs> I respect that strategy, but I don't get it at the same time. <laughs> it's like you tripped on a rake or something at the last moment, like in the cartoons. Here's the thing. People have been going crazy because they're seeing these game, not just gaming streamers on Twitch, but mostly on Twitch, They're it's gaming, right? People have been mostly upset after seeing that these motherfuckers are making a really good living for themselves off of the donations that they gave the streamers, right? They're like, I'm you're actually making money? Dad jokes with doggos? Anytime now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach's making loads of money. Shameless plug. Uh, you guys make money? <laughs> <laughs> no. In fact, we pay to make this. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> anyway... Peaches, what do you think the mindset of these people on Twitter are where they're like, what? You're making money doing this? What? <laughs> I'm taking my donation away. Like, I just don't understand the mindset. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just super dumb. It, like, the, the same shit will happen, yeah. Because I feel like we already knew this. Like, this sounds like a news story that has already happened in the past that people already freaked out about. And now it's just happening again. Because we live in a simulation. Um, we do live in a simulation. <laughs> but it all started with that gorilla. <laughs> Harambe. 
it's I just can't imagine giving a shit what these people are making from donations that people like people voluntarily gave their money to these people. What what did they think was happening? I don't I don't get it. To my response to people who say stuff like that is don't fucking donate to them then. Take whatever your five, ten dollars that you were gonna donate to them, save it, change your own life. Make the life you want instead of being upset that someone has a better life. Well, it's like, here's the thing. If people saw value in the content they were watching and they wanted to donate to support that content. I don't see a problem with that. Like, there's nothing wrong right. with making money with that way. That is the, like the least so, exploitative way you can make money right now. So yeah. and let's talk. Let's just get real here. All right. We're a gaming podcast. So that's the news. Twitch got hacked. The end. Right? And follow Dad Jokes with Doggos on Twitch.tv. Thank you. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Peaches. It doesn't get any better than that, right? Like, these Twitch streamers risk a lot by putting so much into these streams and not asking for, like, a payment directly, but rather for donations. Right? There's value in that content, exactly like you said. And... I just don't get it. They're like, you're making so much money doing this. I'm like, does that devalue the content that they're making or the entertainment that it's brought you? I I just don't understand. And I think, actually, you know what? I'm going to stop myself right there because I, uh, I was about to just jump into a whole other pile of shit. But I'm going to stop myself and we can move on to the next thing. <sighs> what do we got up next? All right, well... Konami is apparently out of ideas right now. At least that's my take on it. (laughs) Because they are inviting indie developers to make new games based off of some of their own classic series. Such as Gradius, uh, Ganbear Goldman? I've never heard of that one, but many other Konami classics. And yeah, it's basically just a who has the best game and is gonna be featured in making a game for them um there are some outlines on ign's website so if anyone is curious about this it's on ign.com and it's by the ign japan staff so tell us a little bit more about your take on this are you feel like they're doing this out of like desperation or well they're really masking it like it's a big like public stunt like this is a community event that they're creating and it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody but really i do think they are kind of scratching the bottom of the barrel i mean with snake in his retirement years um 50,000 castlevania games and a bunch of discontinued silent hill games along the way they don't have much right now. I mean, yeah, it's it that's that's might not be exactly true. But I do think this is overall really cool and clearly Konami understands the value of indie developers and I bet we are going to see some really cool stuff, especially in the horror game genre. So When I was reading through this article, I like your take because it's a lot different from the way that I kind of interpreted this. Because I might be more prone to, like, agree with you if 
I didn't, like, see the part where Konami is still tackling, like, their biggest franchises, right? Like, we haven't heard anything about a new Silent Hill or Castlevania or Metal Gear Solid. We don't know to our knowledge that anything of their bigger franchises is, like, on the way or being developed, right? They haven't given us any of that. But I do think that it's kind of cool that, like, for, you know, some of their older quote-unquote classics, they're kind of giving the torch down to other developers to kind of see what they can do with it. Like, games like Gradius are not only timeless and infamous for how great they are, but, you know, something about these older games is the element that they're really missing is a story of any kind, right? So, I don't know. There's only so much you can put on an arcade cabinet. You're totally right about that. But now that we have the ability to take make these amazing, incredible worlds in video games, I was more like reading this, like Konami was like, hey, you know, let's see what somebody else can do with these creations of ours. Because we've been dealing with them for so long that we can only really see games like Gradius in this one particular light. Maybe you can do something different with it that we wouldn't have even thought of. I kind of took it in that way. And you may be absolutely right. And overall, though, I don't think this is like, uh, well, we don't have anything. But I think that's kind of how it started was, mm. um, you know, they didn't. They were having tr- some troubles with some game designs because I when was the last new IP that they had? I honestly, oh, I can't remember. I have no idea. Let Fact checker. Fact I was checker. Actually look, I was looking into this a bit. Um I looked into their titles. I didn't look if they were just the publisher or if they were the developer, but they had a bunch of games that nobody heard of come out in 2020. They also made mm. JP's favorite game, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. Ooh. That, yeah, that is true. I'm a big fan of that game. <laughs> I, Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't know if you're trying to be facetious, nah. but you are correct. I do love that game. The Fact Checker. But anywho, in fact, yeah, I maybe... only have one complaint, and that it is did not come with any cards. <laughs> like, like, like physical every cards? Yu-Gi-Oh game comes with cards. What's the fucking point of buying the game if you don't have those promotional cards? It's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to go see the Yu-Gi-Oh movie in theaters, they gave me a pack of three promotional cards that could not be used in an actual game, but I got them. Hey, still, still cool. Alright, I'm sorry, Zar. What were you saying? Well, yeah, it, you know, it could have been the community building. It could have been the bottom of the barrel. It may have just started out as that, but it grew into something really cool. And now here's some of the details about it. So it kicked off on September 30th. Um, and so it's already begun, and it's going to be going until January 6th. And that's Japan standard time. So I have no idea what time that will be. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, enough. The grand prize is going to be 2 million yen plus a grand prize trophy. Um, that Ooh. roughly estimates to about 18,000 American. Um, and their works will also be published uh, naturally. So some of the criteria for the judgment is going to be that the game should radiate passion for the chosen genre and title as well as convey a sense of innovation in the character of its creator. The content is judged to be feasible for development by the applicant or development team, including said applicant. 
The work must meet the application requirements and application rules. And then there's the judging committee by Konami. Very interesting. And those, all of those criteria and rules and information came directly uh, from their rule page or whatever, which was featured on the IGN website. Very interesting. Okay. I don't know how to feel about this. I think we've all been making some good points. I just, I guess the thing that's throwing me off is like, this is the first I've heard of Konami in a while. And I just don't know, like... Okay, so you're giving these projects off to whoever wants to take them, which is kind of weird in the first place, but what are you doing? They were inspired by Squid Games, so they're watching Squid Games. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Not the Squid Games. <laughs> that show is bananas. Hey, don't spoil it. I haven't watched it yet. I've, no I was rewatching spoilers. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those are great choices, but very different shows. <laughs> No, the themes are the themes are the same. You know, at the at the end of the day, no matter how it started, this is really cool. I'm looking for the horror games. Are there any games that uh, you guys are excited to maybe see from some indie developers made by Konami? As, as Konami's not touching it, there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just, I mean, I mean, I think my biggest thing here is I I don't think they are because I didn't see anything mention of it. But other like than the grand prize, I, I really want all of these indie devs that they're recruiting to actually get paid for their work. But I didn't Ooh, see yeah, anything mention the anything other than the grand prize. So Yeesh. Yeah. Maybe someone will actually finish PT. Oh my god, I would love to see that. There's just like fifty complete entries of Silent Hill PT and Konami's just like, well fuck. You guys made it look <laughs> easy. Yeah, I would love to see that because, oh my God, Guarantee I've never seen more potential in a horror experience than I saw in PT. Oh, yes. Alrighty. That's all I got. Well, Zar, you haven't done a whole lot of talking, honestly, so do you want to just move into the quick takes? Well, hold on. I think JP should take this first quick take since it's coming from one of his favorite devs. No, that's okay. No, no, no. Come on. Go ahead. Uh... All right, fine. Quick take number one coming to us from Video Games Chronicle. Paid XP boosts have been added to Avengers despite promises it would never happen. God damn it. Look, I'm not surprised that this is happening with Square. I'm not surprised that this is happening in Avengers because it's such a shit show already. And am I surprised that they broke a promise that they made about this game? No. But this game... We said they would do this a long time ago. I... I, I don't know how to feel about this anymore. Like, I just don't give a shit about this video game. I, I had high say, hopes like, for They're just it. trying to get the whales to buy more money. It's fine, right? Like, no one's playing this game for fun anymore. I like this game shit. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's the first thing, though, is, like, who does this even apply to? But second of all, it's like, okay, I'm glad that rather than, like, Square beginning the practice of these shitty business tactics in all their games... They're putting all of their bad juju in just this one awful failed product. <laughs> I I don't know if I'd look at it exactly like that. Does that does this not make you worry about Mar- Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy? Because that's what I was thinking of when I saw this. That's a dot to connect. I feel like Square is coming at this from the angle of like they need to make up some of their losses because they projected that Avengers was going to make them a shit ton of money. And it made them some money. 
But after everyone saw what a awful, not very well-made game it was, I mean, they definitely lost a lot of credibility from that. So, okay, honestly, it's, it's not that, that it's not necessarily a well-made game because it, it, it does what it does well. It's got a decent story from what I've heard. And I've been listening to a lot of gaming podcasts, and a lot of people really like the Avengers. It's just when you take it online and see some of those microtransactions, that's where people have the biggest discrepancies. I mean, I've heard a lot more about about why this game sucks than just that, that we don't have time to get into because it's supposed to be a quick take. But I mean, I guess to sum up how I feel about this, I think they're just trying to make up their losses. I don't feel like Square is going to make a habit of doing this, but I mean, if I if I am wrong, then I'll eat my words. Next quick take, Ghost of Tsushima and Monster Hunter Rise get, um, what's that, uh, best game of the year by Japan Game Awards. Good for it. It deserves it. It was a tie. So yeah, uh, Jin Sakai and Monster Hunter Rise. Killing. It's Zach's two most recent babies. Exactly. Correct. So it's a big day in Japan for Zach. Yeah. Congratulations, Zach. <laughs> Japan gets me. Zara, you're a Far Cry guy. You didn't care about this next quick take? Yeah. All right. Well, I just thought this was neat. Uh, Ubisoft confirms that the villain from Far Cry 2 is actually the uh, character from Far Cry 1, Jack Carver, which was a fan theory that, uh, you know, has been sitting out there that they just recently decided to confirm. I don't know why it took this long, but, it, you know, it's cool to see stuff pay off. But that's about that for that quick take. Do you ever feel like sometimes game developers just look into fan theories and they're like, do you think that this is this? And then the devs are like, wow, that's good. We should just make that canon. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and then, do you ever feel like that? I, I, I feel like that all the time. Yeah. All the time. And they're just like, yes, that's exactly what is happening. Guys, yeah, let me just check down. my write notebook here. Yeah, that is exactly what it says. Yep, that we that, that is so funny you mentioned that. We just <laughs> got out of a meeting where we discussed exactly that theory. Hands to the notebook and it's just a blank page. <laughs> it's just a grocery list, bananas, eggs. Uh, all right. What's the next quick take? Zach, are you a Dragon Quest guy? I Dragon Quest once or twice. You want to take this next one? Dragon Quest composer dies at age 90. Sad. Next quick take. I can take it. Gearbox's Randy Pitchford steps down as Gearbox Software President, remains as Gearbox Entertainment CEO. So Gearbox Software has announced that former Chief Technology Officer Steve Jones will now serve as the new president of Gearbox Software following a leadership shuffle. Gearbox Entertainment co-founder Randy Pitchford will still serve as CEO and president of the Gearbox parent company and shift his focus towards film and TV as the president of newly formed Gearbox Studios. I don't really know how to feel about that or why I should care. I, I got clickbaited, so I decided to clickbait everybody. Ha! This is essentially a nothing move. This is a peach's troll. Yeah, exactly. This is something I don't care at all about. Yeah, Randy Pitchford is no longer the president, but he's also still in charge of everything. So nothing's changed. Way to go, I guess. <laughs> All right, Zara, you wanted the last one? Oh, about Nick All-Stars? Yeah. Yes, sir. So, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl Datamine apparently shows a possible leak to DLC characters. And this is coming from Screen Rant, written by Mason T. I'm just going to say Mason T. <laughs> so... 
Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is the Smash clone that everybody is playing right now, you know? From the 90s to current cartoons, it's got kind of something that everybody wants. And apparently there might be some DLC in it. Because, I mean, you guys noticed that the fighter list is really, really small. I mean, when you look at something like Smash Ultimate, everything's exactly. going to look... Well, Literally I mean, that's, exactly that's fair, to too. But I mean, just the history of Nickelodeon and knowing that, it's a small list. Like, where's Jimmy Neutron? Where's Timmy Turner? Juan Decimo. Juan Decimo! Juan Decimo! <laughs> and so, yeah, we might see some of those DLC characters. Be nice to actually see Hey Arnold. I mean, Helga's there. I've got to be real. I don't give two shits about Helga. I liked Hey Arnold a lot. I would have much preferred, like, Gerald. Yeah, Gerald would have been good. Because Gerald was my boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why Helga? I think she was just probably the easiest to, like, make a fighting move set for, given what she did in the show. It was her thing. She had a tough home life. I actually, I scrolled down in the article and, and pulled a big dumb. I, I saw that they have some potential characters listed. Yes. Um, so it, the list includes possibly Shredder, Tommy Pickles, um, more of the Ninja Turtles, and what's this code name? Cheese. Uh, code name Cheese is like is what the thing was listed in the data mine for Shredder. Uh oh, that would make sense. Uh, yeah, that'd okay. make a lot of sense. There is also uh, Zuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender was found in the data mine. Oh. Um, I don't know if you already mentioned Jimmy Neutron. Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Yep. I would love to see Rocco. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. So we might see those DLC characters. And I really hope that we do because this game has a lot of potential. I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. Eh, I'm having fun with it, too. I, I'm just not surprised, I guess. Like, I, I feel like this article wanted me to be surprised and I'm not like, right. This game has already been selling really well and has a lot of hype. Of course, it's going to have DLC. Yeah, and yeah. It, it was naturally going to come out very vanilla because they were just testing the water before they, you know, potentially tanked a bunch of money. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. And there are legitimate knocks on the game. Like it really it could use, you know, balance patches, voice and like sounds. Oh, voice acting. Absolutely. But other than like just the beating up sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, tap jump. I don't care about that. That's more of a you thing. <laughs> You're too pro. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> oh, boy. The last thing to really get into today is game releases. Uh, Peaches, do you want these? Um, I'll take them, but there's nothing good in my opinion. So let's skip I'll be the these judge of that. and talk no. about Metroid Dread. Hmm? Let's take it up with the manager. That's me. Uh-huh. 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 Okay, I'll tell him. My dog, London, says no. Oh. So, for upcoming upcoming game releases, on October 14th, we have Dungeon Encounters coming to the PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Jackbox Party Pack 8 is coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And Riftbreaker coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and PC. On October 15th, we have Crisis Remaster Trilogy coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Demon Slayer. Oh, God. Kimetsu no Yaiba. The Hino... What is this name? <laughs> the Hinokama Chronicles 
upcoming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. NHL 22, coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One. And The Good Life, coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. October 18th, we have Nuclear Blaze coming to the PC. And October 19th, we have Inscription coming to the PC. And Into the Pit coming to the Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. Was that so hard? Yes. Yes. So Metroid Dread is a really, 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 really fun game. And you guys should get it. I guess the hype-up game is Metroid Dread. But it's out already. So? You want to talk about Jackpot Party back? Like, come on, JP. Come on. It's our podcast. We can talk about the good games. All right. Talk about Metroid All right, Dread. So Metroid Dread is the first new uh, 2D Samus game in the past uh, 19 years. And you play as Samus Aran, and she's a badass. You explore Planet ZDR, and I've been playing it. And this is one really fucking polished game, guys. I did a really good job of making it feel like a game that's been worked on for a long time. Like, I like just when I'm like, oh my god, I feel so weak. They give me a power-up, and then I'm like, okay, well, now I feel too strong. And then Emmy shows up and fucks my day up, and I'm like, I'm never talking again. <laughs> What's the importance of us supporting this project, Zach? What do you mean? Why should we buy this? We need to buy this game, because if we don't, they're going to be like, ah, nobody gives a shit about Metroid. And Metroid 4 is never going to happen, right? Well... Yeah, partially, and also just because it's a really good game. But yeah, Metroid, well, Metroid Dread never sells. Metroid never sells really well. And so JP is correct, and um, I would like to fix that by using my voice. So buy the game. Thanks. All right. We are going slightly over time for this episode, so I think that's going to do it. Does anybody have any closing remarks, comments, concerns? Are you eating enough? Are you sleeping enough? Who is everyone's Nick All-Star main? Go. Reptar. Toph. Aang. Encore. And I am Oblina. Oh, I figured you would be. I heard Oblina's really OP. I honestly, I saw Oblina's moveset and I was like, that's Zark. Oblina <laughs> is dirty AF. I wish just one of you would pick Nigel Thornberry, but oh well. Nigel's hard to play. Well, you could be the one. Nope. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to do it for this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. On Saturday, we ironically have the Kingdom Hearts edition of Music Mayhem hosted by Travis Cumming. So stick around for that. We recorded it before Sora was announced. Exactly. So pure coincidence that this all happened. We know soccer. So we know soccer, right? He read, He finally read all of Zach's letters, all <laughs> 1,262 of them. He's like, this guy has literally written me since Smash 64. <laughs> Should throw him a bone. <laughs> He's like, I'm never going to put in Goku, you fucking twat. In the <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us on another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your Game Tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.